because we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the June 8th edition of the sunny side of sports. Let's kick off with African men's football. African champion Senegal beat Rwanda Tuesday 1-0 in Dakar to maintain its perfect record in the qualifying campaign for the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations tournament in Ivory Coast. Liverpool star Sadio Mane scored off a penalty kick in the 98th minute. Now, Mane has made headlines in recent days, not just for his goal-scoring form, but also for being linked to a possible move to Bayern Munich. The 30-year-old Mane also scored the winning penalty kick for Senegal against Egypt in this year's Nations Cup final in Yaoundé, Cameroon. His goal on Tuesday came after he scored a hat trick against Benin four days ago in Senegal's opening Nations Cup qualifier. The Lions of Taranga of Senegal now have the maximum six points in Group L, five points clear of Mozambique and Rwanda. Mozambique is visiting Benin, which has no points, on Wednesday in another Africa Cup of Nations qualifying match. In Group H of Africa Nations Cup qualifying, Zambia beat Comoros on Tuesday 2-1 in Lusaka. Enoch Mwepu and Kings Kangwa had the goals for the Chipolopolo of Zambia, who lifted the Nations Cup trophy in 2012. Zambia, Comoros, and Lesotho are competing for just one spot in the 2023 Nations Cup, as Ivory Coast, also in their group, are already guaranteed a place as the host country. Taking a look at the group standings, Ivory Coast, Zambia, and Comoros have three points each. Lesotho has no points Lesotho will host Ivory Coast on Thursday in Johannesburg, South Africa. In Group B of Africa Cup of Nations qualifying Tuesday, Burkina Faso and Cape Verde posted victories. The Stallions of Burkina Faso defeated Eswatini 3-1 in a match played in Johannesburg. Dango Watara scored two goals for the Burkinabe. And the Blue Sharks of Cape Verde topped Togo 2-0 in Marrakesh, Morocco. Julio Tavares and Jamiro with the goals for Cape Verde. Burkina Faso tops Group B with the maximum six points. Cape Verde has three points. And Togo and Eswatini have one point each. In Group A of Nations Cup qualifying, Nigeria will host Sierra Leone Thursday in Abuja in the opening qualifier for both teams. The Super Eagles of Nigeria warmed up for Nations Cup qualifying with two friendly matches here in the United States. Nigeria lost 2-1 to Mexico 
and also fell to Ecuador 1-0. Iron Mike Mbonye asked Super Eagles media officer Femi Raji, how would you assess those two friendly games? Assessments on the two friendly games played uh, by our team in the United States, uh, in Dallas, Texas, and also in uh, Harrison, uh, New Jersey. Uh, they were good games. They were warm-up games, uh, international friendly games, uh, and they came in really handy uh, in uh, helping the new coach, uh, Coach uh, Joseph Becerro, settle in, get to assess the players, get to make the players understand this football philosophy, how he wants to play, the mode in which he wants, to, uh, the mode adopted, and uh, I think this really worked because uh, uh, after the first game, which we had just one training session, um, that was against Mexico. Uh, we saw the changes in the uh, in the second 45 minutes of that game, and then we also noticed what happened: the intensity of the game of the of the team, and the, and the gameplay of the team, and the game against Ecuador. Uh, so it means gradually the players are getting to understand him. So those two games came in really handy. They were good uh, uh, test games for the team. And uh, all positives taken, all lessons learned. Do you think the friendly games are good for the Super Eagles African qualifiers against Sierra Leone and Sao Tome and Principe? Oh, yes. The friendly games uh, are good for the team. As we prepare for... The AFCON uh, 2023 qualifier against uh, Sierra Leone, that's on the 9th, and then against Saltman Principe on the 13th. Uh, really, really good test games because uh, uh, these games have helped, these matches have helped the coach understand, uh, one, the character of the players, two, understand the temperament of the players, and even members of the backroom staff has been able to, to help him settle in, settle in, acclimatize, uh, know what and when to do things and what to deploy at what time. So I think uh, they were good, friendly matches. want to thank the Nigerian Football Federation under the leadership of Mr. Major Marvin Pinnick and the entire executive board uh, for this. It, it really has helped. And uh, we're waiting to have uh, the results in terms of uh, the positives taken from these games. Regardless of the score, full-time scores, but positive taken from this game, uh, from these games, as we get set for the key matches against Sierra Leone and Santo and Principe. Femi, do you think the Super Eagles have overcome the shock home draw game against the Leon Stars of Sierra Leone in the last Afcon qualifier? Uh, I definitely. Uh, the, uh, the Super Eagles already overcame uh, the home draw uh, against Sierra Leone. Uh, definitely. Afterwards, we, we went on to play games and we won matches. I remember that the first positive was uh, we returned to uh, Freetown and we played a goalless draw. It means the team did not concede. Uh, we sealed it up, the back. So And that was good. And we still went on to win games. We went to uh, Benin Republic to break that uh, jinx. I think then it was just a 13-year jinx or something that not lost on that ground, we, we broke that jinx and we won on that ground. So uh, we, we've overcome that already. And uh, we, we'll see, we're, we're playing for nothing short of all three points here in Abuja when uh, they come uh, visiting. Uh, we will definitely get all three points. We want to qualify for the AFCON 2023 on a high. We want to claim all points on the road. Uh, this is the way to indeed uh, make Nigerians 
get to believe in the team again, uh, get to love the team. We are their team. The Super Eagles remain their team. And we are the joy givers. want to also use this opportunity to call on everyone to get behind the team, get behind the Super Eagles. Uh, we want to, uh, want to ensure uh, we get uh, the AFCON tickets. And like the coach Joseph Becerro said, uh, we want to win the AFCON in Cote d'Ivoire. And uh, we're doing everything to, uh, to get that. The journey starts from the ninth. It will be the qualifying game against uh, the uh, Leon Stars of Sierra Leone. We want to beat Sierra Leone. Uh, we are playing to beat Sierra Leone. And then we'll go to Morocco. Uh, that will be the adopted home ground, the Marrakech of uh, South Oman Principe. And then get to beat South Oman Principe as well. So that we have maximum three points from this window. That's Femi Raji, the media officer of Nigeria's men's national football team, the Super Eagles. And Femi spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Abuja, Nigeria. Sporty greetings. This is Sunday Olise, former captain and coach of the Super Eagles of Nigeria. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel. Next up, empowering women's leadership. We talk with the founder and CEO of Vital Voices Global Partnership, Elise Nelson, on the 25th anniversary of the NGO, co-founded by two former secretaries of state, Hillary Clinton and Madeleine Albright. Nelson tells us about the opening of its Washington, D.C. headquarters and the goal of promoting women leadership around the world. That's Press Conference USA this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Thanks, Carol. Carol mentioned empowering women's leadership. A FIFA program is using football to empower leadership among girls and women in West Africa. VOA's Gwen Uten tells us more. Sporty greetings, Gwen. Sporty greetings, Sonny. <laughs> Last month, FIFA delegates concluded a week-long visit to Africa, where they witnessed the power of the Champion Project. FIFA established the project in collaboration with the French Development Agency, or AFD, to foster leadership among girls, promote gender equality, and provide quality education in safe environments, all through football. The project is being implemented in Benin, Togo, and in Guinea, the country the FIFA delegation recently visited. Mariama Sai Diallo is the president of the Ghanaian Football Committee. She says Guinea is fortunate to be one of the three countries selected for the Champion Project. Diallo says the FIFA project allows young Ghanaian girls to liberate themselves both socially and economically, taking matters into their own hands. It will also encourage them to be leaders in whichever field of activity they decide to pursue in the future. In general, it has really allowed communities to accept the social emancipation of women. The Champion Project offers over 5,000 women and girls aged 12 to 24 the opportunity to practice the game of football in refurbished mixed-gender training facilities as a way to promote gender equality. And Leah Cesor, a gender and sport development project manager, says the project enables male and female players to coexist in harmony. Cesar says 
we've combined our main strengths. For FIFA, it's conveying values through sport, and for the AFD, it's promoting projects that have a positive impact on gender equality. So we're bringing these two big worlds together, sport and football, which is very popular among communities. So there's real enthusiasm. In West Africa, 30% of girls from age 15 to 19 are married, divorced, or widowed. And in Guinea, 54% of girls are married before they turn 17. For many, school is not an option, and they face many obstacles, both economically and socially. However, the Champion Project hopes to transform those social and economic norms and contribute to female empowerment. Saiko Hayaso is a father whose daughter participates in the program, and he says he's happy to see his daughter develop both socially and psychologically. Hayaso says, for me, the Champion Project is unifying. It allows young girls to break taboos that exist between men and women. I think that over the next four years, I will have a daughter who can compete not only at the national level, but also internationally. So I'm proud, and I want the Champion Project to spread throughout Guinea. Young Champion players say the project has brought them joy in being part of a football team so they can show the world the sport is not only for men, women can play football too. And that is all from me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uden. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the Sunny Side of Sports. On the Voice of America. Hello, this is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. My name is Nesli Katharin. I am the first female boxer from Uganda at the Olympics. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. I'm telling the parents out there and the girls who are interested in boxing that please parents, support your daughters in any sport, anything they would like, so that you do be the first, you do help them with the first blessing for the game. And the girls out there, please be disciplined and fear God first, because in fearing God, there is where you get the knowledge of everything and the blessings. And please be authentic to yourself, believe in yourself, and always keep in mind that everything is possible. This is the voice 
of America. Washington, D.C. I've been talking with Brian Karunji and Rotimi Akindele about the second season of the Men's Basketball Africa League, or BAL. Brian is the general manager of the Kigali-based Patriots Basketball Club, and Rotimi is a sportscaster for Nigeria's The Beat FM. In the BAL final May 28th, U.S. Monastir of Tunisia defeated Petro de Luanda of Angola 83-7. to Both Monastir and Petro are regarded as financially stable teams that have proud pedigrees in African club basketball. I asked Brian Karunji, how important is the financial stability of BAL teams to the development of the new league? I think from the start, that's what the BAL is actually trying to achieve. Trying to grow what we call the business of sports. And uh, we are all learning from that. And, and uh, if you look at Patriots, like I told you earlier on, we just, we just did our own you know, restructuring. You know, we have a whole structure now of a full-time team, you know, CEO, CEO, and, and, and a president. So all that is really great for the team, trying to see how you can bring in resources, uh, trying to generate your own sustainable ways of, of, uh, of, uh, of, you know, of, of you know, making money and retaining your players on the content and in the club. Because what we're seeing even in the local clubs, that players stay with you for only a year, then when a bigger club comes, they switch. So they're switching all the time. So when they do that there's no history of the club there's no tradition there's no there's no consistency so you you, you lose what you actually stand for as a club so Petro de Luanda does that well Zamalek uh, Monastir have done that for the last I don't know 50 years or so so I think we're trying to grow that I mean Patriots is now six years uh, in, 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 in existence we hope we can stay for 50 years and we are only learning from uh, the likes of Monastir and, and Zamalek and Petro de Luanda and uh, BAL sort of gives us a bit of uh, testing ground you know, because when we come into BAL, we've got to make sure our houses are clean. And when your house is clean, that means, you know, sustainability in, in, in turn, you know, comes up. So that's really what we're seeing. And it's very important to, to be financially strong, to be really sustainable and ensure that you actually retain your players. And uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a good thing that we're learning from these guys. Rotimi, Angola has sports clubs. Other African countries have sports clubs. How important are they, those, those type of clubs, to the development of African men's and women's basketball? Uh, well, most of the sports club we have um, have started maybe way, way before now, years ago, with government coming into the, into, into the scene. Like most of the sports clubs we have in Nigeria are government-owned. So you've got basketball, you've got football, you've got handball, all carrying the same name. It's going to be difficult for a private sector or a private owner to want to run a sports club you don't have the wherewithal i mean you need you need that huge uh, backup of uh, financial uh, that financial backing for you to want to run a sports club so what we do or what private sectors uh, guys do is to just pick one sports and focus on it so uh, in terms of development maybe we might not need um, a sports club culture again but uh, we should all we can always create an ambience or an, uh, an environment which is what the government holds everyone just give us an, an enabling environment to do sports business mm. and everybody will be fine the development will come at a good pace the business side of it will be very very good will be profitable will be rewarding no player i mean an average african wants to run out and play and play foreign sports yeah. just because there's the mindset or there's the notion that nothing comes good from here mm-hmm. so if we can change that 
with what the BAL is doing, amongst other sports as well, I think we'll be fine. Maybe not necessarily a sports club, but at least create that enabling environment that can accommodate all sports. And then we can get the returns from the business. Brian Karunji, uh football, the dominant sport in Africa, uh, played in, I think, every African country. Do you see this tournament as being uh, s- stimulating that African boy or girl to pick up a basketball, uh, maybe try basketball instead of football, that it's, a, it's another option in their uh, sporting future? I think every time you know you see a sport on national television or you know in social media, uh, it definitely will uh, you know call for your attention. And what we're seeing now is that uh, there's good content coming out of basketball. I mean, we're seeing uh, with all the infrastructure that we're building now, you know, kids are able to see you know good products and 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 as rather and wish they could actually be in in the arenas. So all uh, ch- uh, the young people in Rwanda love to go to the arena. So while they're arena, they probably want to play on that on that floor. So that really drives them or steers them to and uh, and start the game. So uh, what we're seeing is that definitely soccer is always going to be a big uh, you know spot. We're going to struggle with with, with soccer, but uh, basketball definitely share that table very soon because of the infrastructure and 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 what we're seeing BL trying to achieve. Because now people are playing a lot more youth leagues, playing a lot more uh, in in academies. Uh, we have you know the NBA academies coming onto the mm-hmm. continent. So as a parent, I, I probably would say you know if there's soccer and and basketball, give my child you know both options. But because probably I love the game and trying to steer them to to the game but yes. because there's actually facilities available and there is a product uh, uh you know on the on the high end so i'm going to see i mean we will say that basketball will definitely share the table in the next five to ten years rotimi you've done some work with the nba yeah. what would you like to say to the nba what what you would like uh, what new innovations perhaps you would like to see in the basketball africa league uh if not season three down the road season four season five anything in particular that you think uh they could uh, help with in this uh new league all right so first off uh, we talked about uh, gender balance in earlier yes. uh, we need to see the female version of the bal uh, i threw that question to the bal president and it was like timmy we're working on that we need to see that happen as as early as possible so that they don't feel neglected that oh okay you've been doing it just for the guys with so I feel if we want to grow that product pretty fast, we need to involve uh, the, the women's team. And I'm looking forward to having a BAL, same standard, same quality with the, with the female teams playing. It's going to challenge all the club sides. Uh, so Patriots won't think, oh, let's just get only the guys in. Let's just give scholarship to only the guys. You can also look at the other guy, like We can go to the girls' schools and pick these ladies from, from, from school, from high school and all of that, just because they all have something to play for. So I'm looking forward to that early start uh, uh, for, for, for the BAL women's version. The programs currently are still going on pretty, pretty good. So uh, maybe that's the only innovation I'm pretty concerned about now. Let us start the BAL for women as fast as we can. That's Rotimi Akindele, a sportscaster for Nigeria's The Beat FM. And Brian Karunji, the general manager of the Kigali-based Patriots Basketball Club, also joined us for that Basketball Africa League conversation. And Rotimi and Brian spoke with me in Kigali, Rwanda. I'm VOA Sonny Young, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice 
of America. And to all our VOA listeners, please note, we've moved our programs to voaafrica.com. There you will find your favorite VOA TV and radio programs, including the sunny side of sports and a whole lot more. Find us on voaafrica.com. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African Beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music. From bubu music to hip life, bonga flavor to sukus, Afrobeat to Ndombolo and Makosa to Kwaito. The African Beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 09.05 and 20.05 UTC right after the international news. Thanks, David. That's David Vandy the host of the VOA's African Beat music show. Still on the basketball beat, the NBA Finals resume later Wednesday night in Boston, Massachusetts, where the Boston Celtics will host the Golden State Warriors in Game 3 of the Best of Seven Championship Series. The AP's Geffen Coolbaugh has this preview for us. There is no shortage of confidence in either locker room as the Warriors and Celtics are set to meet in Game 3 of the NBA Finals Wednesday in Boston. Averaging a series-best 31.5 points, Stephen Curry's steady hand helped Golden State bounce back from a Game 1 loss to even the series at one game apiece. We always know how to just find a way to win games no matter what. Style it is, high scoring, low scoring. Meanwhile, budding Boston superstar Jason Tatum is only focused on the final result amid his inconsistent start to the series offensively. If you win a championship, they can debate a lot of things. They can debate whether or not you know, you're a champion. Warriors forward Andre Iguodala is questionable for Game 3 with a knee injury. I'm Geffen Coolball. Thanks, Geffen. Celtics big man Al Horford is hoping to bounce back in Game 3 after being limited to two points and eight rebounds in Game 2. Horford says Boston's sense of urgency after a loss is one of the reasons why the team hasn't lost consecutive games during this year's NBA playoffs. It's tough because, you know, it is competitive. Uh, you're playing at a high level, but I do believe that our group really, really locks in, and um, and and it's something that there's like that edge to us that we just want to be better, and we usually respond whenever we're you know whenever we're hit. That's Al Horford of the Boston Celtics. The Celtics are bidding for a record 18th NBA championship. The Warriors, meanwhile, have won six NBA trophies with their last title in 2018. In professional golf, some of the sport's top players are joining a breakaway tour funded by Saudi Arabia. The $255 million Live Golf International Series tees off Thursday at Centurion Club near London. The AP's Ed Donahue reports. The Live Golf International Series starts this week, backed by Saudi Arabia's Sovereign Wealth Fund. This has been incredibly polarizing. Graham McDowell brought up the political ramifications of aligning with a Saudi-backed tour. Take the Khashoggi situation. We all agreed that that was reprehensible. No one's going to argue that fact. U.S.-based Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi was murdered at the Saudi consulate in Istanbul in 2018. U.S. intelligence services believe it came at the orders of the Saudi crown prince. But we're golfers, you know, and I, I you know, we, 
you know, speaking personally, I really feel like, you know, golf's a force of good in the world. Um, I just try to be a great role model to kids. I know what the game of golf has taught me. McDowell is trying to avoid discussing the specifics of the country he is effectively working for. Phil Mickelson has joined the Live Tour, and Dustin Johnson quit the PGA to join. I'm Ed Donahue. Thanks, Ed. American golf star Tiger Woods has announced he will not play in next week's U.S. Open, saying, and I quote, My body needs more time to get stronger for major championship golf. Tiger says he hopes to play in a professional amateur tournament in Ireland and in the British Open at St. Andrews next month. His most recent tournament was last month at the PGA Championship in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where he withdrew after three rounds. Tiger Woods suffered severe injuries in a 2021 car crash and he has said his days as a full-time PGA Tour golf pro are over because of those injuries. And that wraps up the June 8th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I get it. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports.